Hey, I'm Jenna Wolf, certified lactation counselor, parent coach, and extended breastfeeding mom of two. I fully understand the unique challenges of breastfeeding beyond the baby days, and I'm here to take your hand and support you along your journey. So toss that hair in a messy bun, grab a basket of laundry to fold, and let's get started. This is Start to Stop Toddler Breastfeeding. In this week's episode, I interview Katie Bella, who is a breastfeeding mom like you, and she's also a graduate of Own Your Breastfeeding Story. We just talked about her breastfeeding experience, going from feeling like she was up all night breastfeeding her daughter, exhausted, tired, bordering on resentful, and where she is now, which is, as she describes, night and day. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you have any questions for me, of course, shoot me a DM on Instagram. I love hearing from you. So, Katie, when you first reached out to me before you even enrolled in the course, can you Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit about what your family dynamics were like? Because they've kind of changed a little bit. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, kind of. You're adding in another one. But then also just kind of what the dynamics, like, what was it like in your house? Who was in your house and what was it like in your house? (laughs) Who was in my house? Well, it was me. (laughs) I was there. (laughs) My two girls, four and two, and my husband, uh, my, when, so this was in February. So it was before my youngest, who is the one weaning. Um, She was not two yet. She turned two in April and she just was still nursing quite a bit through the night like three four times like oh I was up every like two hours you know like not newborn stage but bad enough and I had been breastfeeding since my oldest daughter and I just had weaned her gently she was okay she was time once my younger daughter was born so it had just been four years of no breaks of you know, boob in the mouth in the night. You know? <laughs> and I was tired. Also, we had some big transitions in this past year, and it ended up with separating from living with my mother. So I was used to having her support. And going from that to on my own, with two kids, and my husband working a lot, and in a new province, it was just like too much. And I just really felt like I couldn't be the mom I wanted to be because I was just so freaking tired. And I definitely was starting to really resent my daughter, resent anytime she needed something from me. I didn't have the patience and I just knew something had to change. And I remembered that you have this course and I was like, I'm not... I like to think I'm a hopeful person, but when I'm really in dire streets <laughs> like that, I'm like, eh, there's no hope. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I'll just reach out on the off chance that maybe Jenna can help me a little bit. I was pretty heartbroken over the whole thing. I was really at the end of my rope. And we just had that first, we just video chatted. What are the words these days? Yeah. Zoomed, video chatted. <laughs> Zoomed. And you just really infused me with hope you made me see that I'm not alone and that there are other people who have dealt with this and walked through this before me, which is just like, as moms, like that's just so important to hear and remember that like, we are not the first ones to do these things that others have gone before us and, and we don't have to figure it out all our own. So that's really what 
kind of triggered that whole thing. Like I had that thought of like, maybe Jenna can help me to within, you know, like 45 minutes Mm -hmm. of on the phone with you and being like, you know what, like, I'm going to take this course. And I, I have hope again. (laughs) I might sleep. What I remember the most too about that time and about when you reached out is that you were like, my life will be better when my daughter weans. (laughs) It was definitely like a mindset of everything is bad right now. And it will be better when we get to that point. You're like, how do I solve this problem as quickly as possible? And, and it was like this, she's taking my sleep. Like you're a thief, you're a sleep thief. (laughs) Taking out that whole middle part of what you actually did in the course and everything. Where are you kind of at right now with sleep and with your, Well, oh my gosh. Well, being the type of person I am at the same time I got pregnant because <laughs> when you're getting older and you think I want more than two kids let's just do this um, <laughs> so so my sleep is still unfortunately disrupted right. but it's because I have to pee <laughs> right so it couldn't be more night and day like as I sit here I'm in my bedroom by myself so at the time Audrey was sleeping on a little cot on the floor and Olivia was sleeping in the bed with us. Audrey was your older and Olivia was um, the one who was still breastfeeding. Yes, thank you. It's been over a month now. Um, we have successfully transitioned both of them to a, a double bed that they share in their own room and they go to sleep. And I've even actually phased out Olivia's nap. So she goes to bed at like seven o'clock and she sleeps until like six, six thirty. Like there are definitely nights throughout the week where she'll wake me up at like one, sometimes four. It all just depends on how she is. But like, she just comes into my bed, we snuggle for a bit and she passes right out again beside me. And then I go right back to sleep. My milk has dried up. I'm almost at 20 weeks. So my milk actually has dried up and I'm able just to reassure her and say, you know what, when the baby comes, you can have all the milk you want. You can have all the milk. And sometimes if she's really upset, I still will let her kind of nurse a little bit for like two minutes. It's mostly just before she goes to bed. She'll say, mommy, can I have some milk, please? So what I'm hearing is that Mm -hmm. in February, so it's very beginning of July now. So you've gone from, she's breastfeeding around the clock every couple hours overnight is just like draining me to she is in her own room sleeping mostly throughout the night, sometimes waking up once during the night to come snuggle. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. My husband and I are able to have our own room again, just the two yeah. of us. As it's like a like a little mini vacation before another baby comes along. Because we shared a room for the past four years. I and mean, it wasn't yeah. just and so it's like having the light on and it's nine o'clock. Like, oh my gosh, it's bright <laughs> in my bedroom. Like I just it's so liberating having the time in the evening yeah. and it's it really whew, it's nice. No, I hear that. So <laughs> Coming back then, if we're kind of looking at the course, what did you do to get your child to be sleeping in their own room? I, so I am the type of person when I feel like I have something on my to-do list, I have to just get her done. So I looked at this course and, and then of course we, we started in February and I was sick on like, and my kids were sick and everybody was just sick for months. It felt like, and so it was really hard for me because I felt like I wasn't doing this course, how you set it up. I was like, I'm supposed to finish this weekly. I'm supposed to do this journal weekly and I'm not meeting it. And I'd be messaging you and be like, it's been three weeks and I haven't gotten through this module yet. Like I am such a bad client. Like I'm so sorry. And like, <laughs> Katie, it's at your own pace and it's okay. And I was like, oh, 
okay so for some people like this their journey is probably would look a lot different from mine because you got pregnant in the middle of it maybe (laughs) just maybe What? what yeah so it was like things that were helpful obviously boundaries a lot of things were about my own inner thoughts I didn't realize how hard I was on myself I didn't realize how mean I was to myself one of the biggest pivotal moments that I felt was so impactful in this journey with you was that session that we had about self-love and that self-talk and that and just giving myself grace. And it, it did open up a whole world of being able to give my kids and my husband way more love and grace. I'm not perfect. <laughs> right. <laughs> but it's still like night and day. I remember that that was a really pivotal moment for you, that self-compassion piece, because just in, in the talk, it was like, what's one tiny, tiny little piece of self-compassion that you can give yourself? I don't think you in that moment you had the self-awareness to say, I beat myself up for being on my phone. But like in the coaching call, we were able to be like, whoa, you're being really hard on yourself about that. What if we just shift that thought to saying, you're just giving yourself some space. That's wise that you're doing that. I remember that just baby step of like, don't put the phone away. Don't do anything. Just give yourself permission to say, oh, this is just where I am right now. And this is what I'm doing. (laughs) Yeah. Completely groundbreaking. Just being able to build off on that. And then even, uh, I think it was the same session that we, we did talk about boundaries that, you know, Olivia can be her own person and I'm my own person. And just honestly, being able to apply that to other people, other family members in my life has been huge for me because I didn't realize how much I was giving, not wanting to, but feeling obligated to, to certain people in my life. Not that they even asked for it, but that that's how I was raised. It was a culture in my home, you know, and when I stopped doing that, I had more to give to my kids, way more way, way more. I had more to give to myself. And it has been like, so freeing. And it's, it's funny, because even like stuff that you would, it has nothing to do with weaning, it has nothing to do with breastfeeding. But it's the same principle. So say I read something, and it's this groundbreaking knowledge, and I feel like everybody has to learn it. And I just want to have to go shout it from the rooftops. I'm going to call up my dad right now. And and he's going to see how he was wrong. And I'm right. And this is if we're going to and I literally feel this this kind of like slow self-talk. It's not your job to educate your dad. You get to just learn that for you and you get to just keep it. And you don't have to tell anybody about that. You can just learn it and then let it go. And I'm like, wow, like, wow, I feel so free. And just this whole boundaries thing, I never realized how much of how many burdens I put on myself. For what? You know, for what? (laughs) Just taking from me. (laughs) Exactly. So, and I hear like all of that. And you and I know how that has impacted your breastfeeding. But I'm wondering if you could explain a little bit for the people listening, because even just the self-compassion, right? Like, what did that give you? How did that change things in your breastfeeding relationship? Okay, yeah, that's good. In that, that, that sense. Yeah, yeah. So because I was having so much more compassion for myself, I had more compassion for Olivia. I was seeing her not as this needy little being who is adorable, but just wanted to take everything from me to that she just wants love and wants connection. And that's good. That's good and normal. And that she's seeking it from me, 
her mom that she feels safe to want that from me. And so it just opened up my own compassion and empathy for her as well. I would get frustrated and she could tell I was frustrated. And then she'd want to connect with me more to try to fix our relationship. And I would be like, get away from me. <laughs> exactly. Whereas yeah. That, right. Whereas like this was able just to stop the crazy cycle. It was able to say, no, she just needs reassurance and I can reassure her and I can use my words. And it also was helpful. Like, again, other people's journey is going to be different. But Olivia, she's such a bright child and she's really good at communicating for such a young age. Like, I'm like blown away. I'm like, I wasn't able to talk like that when I was Honestly, though, too, like I will say that so often moms come into the course and they're like, my kid won't understand this. They don't, they won't, they won't be able to do that. And then I'm like, just wait, just wait. It and was, yes. It's, <laughs> it's exactly that. And you know, yeah. actually, when you say that, you literally said that to me. And I was like, mm. even the mindfulness pieces are supporting kids with some of the tools that I have. They're like, that's not going to work for them. They won't be able to understand that. And sometimes I feel like it's because like we as moms are still struggling to understand that and implement that ourselves. So it feels like, mm. how could they even grasp that? Yeah. But what you're saying, it's like, far beyond me, how could it do <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that boundaries too. piece of like seeing yourself, you said it like you see yourself as an individual, like whole person and them as like their own individual person and with wisdom inside of them. All the things yeah. that they need are in there. So when you like free that up, it's really cool to see how it blossoms inside. Yeah. Not that you're rushing development, but there's just things there that you didn't see before, right? Like, well, and it, it, it's just something as simple as my tone of voice because I wasn't feeling angst. I wasn't feeling hopeless or frustrated anymore. I was being kind to myself. I was meeting a need that I had and I, no one else was going to meet that need and I met it. So I met it and now it's met and now I actually have space to give. And so when I'm talking to her, instead of being like, no, are we done yet? You know, like she could sense that and I'd be like, you know what? Uh, yeah. And even that your phrase, of course, it's so handy. Like it's such a yeah. reassuring phrase. And I was like, of course you want some milk. Yes. It's really nice, but you know what? Let's have a snuggle. Okay. You know what? It wasn't some like switch. It did take a few weeks. I would just reassure her, like, mommy loves you. I love you. I'm here. You're safe. And let's snuggle. Let's hold you. And, and then eventually she was I think believing me, I think maybe that that really was what it was because she was probably afraid. Katie, like I know you pretty personally too. So I know that there's intensity inside of you and yes. I know there's intensity <laughs> inside of your kids. And that's yeah. not always the case for everyone. So sometimes when we talk about that connection between mom and child, the unconscious level of them being able to pick up on your emotions. So even mm. if you're doing your best to keep a calm voice and you're like trying really hard to like keep that <laughs> calm voice and be that calm presence and okay, I'm going to do my deep breath and I'm going to, you know, it needs to be authentic. You really yeah. need to be able Barbara to get said. there, you know, like if you're just trying to be like, I'm doing the thing. Why aren't you listening? Why are you? <laughs> then it's not going to work, right? But what can happen too is I love that you said like it took her like a little while to believe it. And that can happen 
especially when there was pushback, when there was a power struggle that was there. I don't want to say it wasn't safe because that's not what I mean, but you know the language that we use in the no, program but, is but like yeah, safety and danger. For a small child, you yeah, wouldn't feel exactly. safe. 100%. And so it took some time for her to be like, is mom really going to be here for me? And not like a conscious thing, but it's like, can I really trust you with all of my feelings, right? Like, can I really trust yeah. you to show up here the way that I, you know? Um, yeah. So I do, I do think that that, that you know like that's a a real thing to say like it took time for her to believe it yeah and i hope i'm i answered your question because that was the thing i just had to start implementing that boundary with her but in a compassionate way and in a, like a genuinely compassionate way and i think that's what's also hard is there's such a culture these days of this gentle parenting and i'm like it's like i'm trying my hardest to be gentle here <laughs> Right. And then like my kids are like, you're angry. <laughs> like, I've got to go calm down right. and I'll go and calm down. And then I come back and I apologize to my kids. And, and I'm like, you know, I am not a soft spoken person. <laughs> like, that's just not gonna be me, no matter how many gentle parenting books or seminars or things I read. <laughs> it's just not <laughs> who I am. And that's okay. Yeah, that's the it. thing is that like gentle parenting is really about being gentle with yourself like first because you cannot give your kid anything you don't have so yeah. if you want your child to feel safe to feel loved to feel free to be themselves authentically which i think is what most of us really aspire to right like that's why we're yeah. we're like we i want my child to feel secure i want my child to know how to to feel loved and give love, you know, and, and feel that deeply. Mm -hmm. Right. But then we don't have that ourselves. We don't treat ourselves that same way. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. So we can't. Well, and it's also we like, give that to them. It, it, if you don't really apply it and look at the person itself, it can just sound like some, some abstract concept. Like what, what makes one person feel safe and secure could make some other person feel turmoil. You know, wow. you have to know your kid and then, and knowing yourself is so helpful. Right. Because obviously there's parts of you in them, which is beautiful. They're their own person, of course. But it's yeah. just like, okay, what what looks safe for you? And yeah, and yeah, like that that what you were saying about that intuition and the mother's bond stuff, like it's wild. Like yeah. just and it's beautiful and it's cool and it's interesting and it's chaotic. <laughs> yeah. So let's touch that for a second because I remember you were like, I thought you were going to tell me what to do, like tips the tips and, and the tricks, <laughs> the tips and the tricks to give yes. me the tips and the tricks to wean, right? <laughs> I remember in a coaching call with you having just had a really hard day with my own kids mm. and feeling like, oh, I'm struggling myself, which just, you know, in full transparency, I'm not perfect, right? Like I think no. I, if, if a, a yeah. podcast listener doesn't know that yet, like I'm not perfect <laughs> and I still have hard days with my kids, right? Like, <laughs> I mess up. I scream at myself internally and occasionally that comes out, right? Like there's those yeah. kinds of pieces. But yeah. I remember sitting there with you and you were telling me about what you were doing with your daughter and the strategy that you had come up with. And I just remember being like, that was something I have never thought to do, nor ever taught to do. And mm. yet it was inside of you. It wasn't a tip or trick I could have ever given you, right? Like yeah, it was. That's, wow, that's a good point. Yeah, I never. <laughs> your <laughs> own tip and trick, right? So much of it stems from just this inner healing, really. Yeah. All you moms out there, if you're willing to do the work on yourself, and it's hard work because it's painful 
to really be honest with yourself about what's going on internally and to admit that we got hurt along the way and we're learning how to get whole and healed and it will always be a process because this is what it is on this earth (laughs) process time i feel like there's certain subjects like sex and certain things that there's just so much cultural stuff around it there's already stuff that we have from our own childhood from our past and then we have this layer of all these cultural pieces that come on top and i remember katie when you came and you were like okay i kind of stopped the course for a little while And I remember you were like, well, she's two, so she should have weaned by now. There had been kind of an external voice, right? That it was coming in. And this happens. I kind of want to bring it up because it happens to everyone in the course. There's always a point at some point in the course, somebody comes to me and they're like, well, I kind of stopped doing what you told me to do. And I'm just ready to like use the tips and tricks now. (laughs) It's it's partly because it gets painful, right? Like we're touching on something. And there's just a point in the course where you're about to kind of hit a breakthrough inside of yourself. And your body, your mind are just protecting you. Like, I don't know Mm. if we can touch that yet. And I always trust it. I don't push on it because just, just by creating the safety, just like you were saying, like when you create the safety inside of yourself, you can create that safety for your child. And so I see my role as just creating a little bit of safety for you. It's okay. I'm here for you. I got you. Like we'll get through this. And and then it's like, poof, a new level comes. (laughs) Yeah. Like I think that that was actually the session that was the pivotal session because that's what it really you did create a safe space for me to talk and share I think that it's like this is the idea and it's really the whole process that I bring and own your breastfeeding story is this idea of emotional safety right Mm. because really the weaning is an emotional process it's for emotional for you it's emotional for your child and if you don't feel safe around those feelings inside of you, then you're just going to be kicking your body into a state of fight or flight, which gets your child into a state of fight or flight, right? And that's when you end up with these false starts around weaning. It's it's really common for moms to come to me that I've been trying to wean for like a year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Things, right? Like, or doing all the things or, you know, or feeling hopeless in the process, right? Mm. But that's the cool piece is that, the emotional safety, it's just feeling safe enough to move through it. So yeah. that's, I mean, of course, in the inside of the, the program, I talk about the neuroscience and the attachment theory and like all the reasons why these things are happening and, and do my best to support you to walk yeah. through that slowly and really, really understand your body, your nervous system, your child's nervous system, mm-hmm. all of those pieces that are at play so that you're not just like, you know, <laughs> whatever like it's it yeah you're it's intentional right but at the <laughs> same time science. it really is yeah yeah exactly. there really is like a moment where it's like i feel safe enough to do this right mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and and sometimes for to do this is to wean sometimes it's to night wean sometimes it's to actually i feel safe enough to keep going and to not make any big changes that's an well, actually that happens just to also interject like now that i'm remembering actually I thought I was done but I realized that I don't even want to be done and I'll be done when she's done and I can I feel comfortable milk first thing in the morning when she's waking up um milk it at at nap time and then milk before bed and that was my goal and you're like that's a wonderful goal and I was like yeah it is a wonderful goal and then it just because of how Olivia was it just ended up turning to like okay well actually you don't have to have a nap anymore because you're staying up till 10 o'clock at night small child what are you doing (laughs) no 
so then I didn't even have to wean her from a nap right. because she just was done having naps. And then, and then obviously just because my milk has dried up and she has felt safe and can trust me, we've had it enough and we've practiced enough and we've built that trust enough that when I say, oh honey, the milk is gone and, but it'll come back and she'll, right. and she just goes, okay, right. I can feel my body just the tension release. Cause I definitely like would be afraid that she's just going to scream and shove and fight me, you know? Right. And I would build up. And I think you, yeah. And you got to that place too, that safety where it was like, because she, she kind of was when, even when you were starting the weaning process that you were like, I have the capacity to, to be the grounding place for both of us, even if there is some tears and there is pushbacks. Like you found that within yourself to say like, yeah, I can hold all of this sweetheart in like a real genuine way. Right. Like authentically. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like not faking it at all or whatever, but, but, and it also just really helps like even with my four-year-old, like when she's like freaking out, not always I, when I remember to, but I really love it when I remember to, because <laughs> it's wonderful and powerful. And I grab her hands and I say, honey, look at me. And I say, feel my hands because she's just freaking out, right? Her mind's going all over the place. And I just, I'm like, feel my hands, feel my hands. Do you feel my hands in your hands? And then I kind of say like, oh, you know, feel, feel the seat under your bum, like feel your feet. And I just try to get her into her body again. And it is marvelous. Like how, how different of a life I would have if someone, yeah, someone yeah. would finally have told me that, you know, yeah. but I'm trying now with them. And it's just exciting for me to see the instant results of, of calming yourself that, down that way of, you know, and yeah, yeah. The biggest thing I think, that I actually still struggle with is just remembering all these beautiful tools. Cause sometimes in the heat of the just, moment you still get triggered and you forget. Yeah. <laughs> and on one hand, you're going to get triggered until you die because you're human <laughs> and that's just going to happen at some point, but yeah. it is a matter of your brain rewiring, right? Like, so it takes time yeah. to be able to hold more space in those moments to make conscious choices. Cause sometimes it, we do get stuck in a reactive state, But the more you Mm. practice, the more your brain wiring is literally changing. Okay, so as we're kind of like wrapping up, what was your favorite thing out of the the course itself? I'm just curious. There (laughs) were just so many good things. I favorite or one thing. The most helpful thing was the thing about boundaries because it had so much more of an impact on my life than I ever could have imagined. So I had learned about boundaries. I had taken things like this. I've taken courses. But right. for some reason, because it had to do with my child and then dealing with yeah. my inner child, that boundary piece finally stuck. It was like, I have read about boundaries for over a decade and right. I never seem to have been able to really implement them. And I think that that's, it's got to be my favorite thing because it was yeah. the most crucial thing for how healthy and common. I just get to keep build. Is yeah, it a common It's common thing? that people say that, that afterwards. I think... I feel like I was in a very similar situation to you that I did not get boundaries, like even though I learned about them for so long. So once I kind of really synthesized it inside of me, and I feel like my approach to boundaries is just a bit unique. I'm not trying to be like, oh, I'm so special, but it just makes sense in my (laughs) brain, right? Like It's like I explain it how it makes sense to me, and I do find that it really resonates with people. Yeah. I think that's what is beautiful about the course is it can appeal to so many different styles and types of people you covering the science stuff and then, but you also going into relatable emotional stuff. And it's just, because there's some people who 
that that makes them tick you know learning about that things that could help them click like I think about my husband like he he wouldn't get a lot out of the way that I would get it but but how you explain it using scientific terms and stuff he'd get so much out of that part of it you've made it a course and you've gleaned from so many different resources and to put together to give it for like like a buffet so that it's like it, there's some something for everybody and they're going to get something out of it. Like you, I really don't think that someone can genuinely take your course with an open heart and get nothing out of it. <laughs> like, I just don't think that's possible. Well, and it is true because sometimes just understanding that you are impacting your child and your child is impacting you. Like that first module mm-hmm. is enough for people to have the shift that they need. Just having that kind of awareness around it will shift things where their child will literally start sleeping through the night because wow. it because t- it shifts things inside of them. It starts it just a mindset shift, right? It clicks. Yes. That was the thing they needed. And then for other people, it's around like needs. It's like, oh, understanding my needs, understanding their needs. And then for other people, it's boundaries where it's like, that's the thing I needed for this to really like to really solidify inside of me and all the rest supports it. But that's, that was kind of like the key for, for you. Right. Yeah. Like it really, yeah. Like where it's, I like that term a key, right. Because it's, it does, it opens up all the other things because the other things have wonderful fruit as well. Like it's useful, amazing, important content, but there's just some things that just kind of helped unlock it where you can be like easily implement these other things because you've got that one piece. So yeah, that was definitely my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if there was like one kind of piece of advice that you could give to a mom who is where you were at the beginning, mm. maybe is considering the course, maybe not, but what would be something that you would offer to them? Yeah. I would just tell them that it's going to be okay, that there's hope, that Jenna is a deeply caring and loving individual who is passionate about research. So if you're on the fence about doing this course, I would say, you know what, do it. And oh, my pregnancy hormones are going to make me all hormonal and crying. (laughs) (laughs) (gasps) Get it through, Katie. But it will change your life and you will never be the same and you will feel more like who you want to be, who your true self is. And I think that that was what's the coolest thing is that I've been able to embrace who I am even more because I've taken this course. Like it was so much more than a screening and embrace my kids. There is hope and there is a way out and you're not alone and you don't have to do it alone and you shouldn't do it alone. Yeah. Especially when you got this right in front of you. <laughs> you got <laughs> options. <laughs> it's right there. Like that. I remember when we were talking and I was like, okay, Katie, like imagine that you're watching that happen like on a TV, you know, like mm. if you're watching yourself interact with your kids, but it wasn't you, you're watching somebody else. What would you say? And you were like, I'd say that they were an amazing mom. And I remember how you had literally called yourself a horrible mother a few months before. I mean, it's a privilege to just be able to witness that too, right? Like I mm-hmm. I love what I do because I get to witness moms just meeting themselves, meeting their badass self, you know? Yeah. Pleasure having you on yeah. the podcast, Katie, my love. It was also a pleasure having you in the course too. If you loved this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss any episodes in the future. Also, check out my breastfeeding toddler communication guide and cheat sheet to learn how to say no to the feed while still saying yes to the need at www.ownyourparentingstory.com forward slash guide. 
And that concludes another episode of Start to Stop Toddler Breastfeeding. The theme song is Little Balloon by Jenny and Tyler. And it has been a pleasure to share this time with you. I'll catch you in the next episode.